When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the Blue Room Post-Match. I'm Dave Downey, joined by Les Roberts. And we're looking back on Everton's uh, frustrating one-all draw away at Brentford today. Our second point of the season. Uh, richly earned, many are saying, or does it saying uh, a few different things? I, I don't think, Les, before I come to you, obviously on Twitter we get some opinion of everybody asking what they feel from the game and stuff like that. A uh, one-all draw, Brentford scored, and we walked five minutes to go. Makes it so frustrating that Everton probably could have held that out and won that game 1-0. Whether we deserve to win it 1-0, whether we deserve to draw or even lose um, remains to be seen. But the opinions that I've received so far from many of our listeners and people who subscribe to the Blue Room have, have said that they thought we deserved to lose that game because we were abysmal, the way in which we played. Um, I mean, me and Les obviously have a, a short briefing before we start these things when we get the post-match underway because we try to get it out as quickly as possible after every single game. Um, and I think, Les, I think the, both, the, the pair of us agreed that, I mean, I, I put on my tweet and I normally put like an initial... Um, thought as soon as half time comes and then as soon as the game finishes, just to get like a a, a knee jerk reaction if I can. Because I think that's inter- I, th- I think it's really interesting when people just you know that that sort of quick feeling you've got of a game as soon as it finishes. And and mine was that I thought we largely defended well, and I've been given some pelters for that. Firstly, but also I, I thought I thought the draw probably fair if you were a neutral watching that game. Um, yes, okay. Most people will say that we should have lost it because they hit the woodwork three times during the game did Brentford. But um, to go one 0 up to keep that for you know obviously more than ninety percent of the game, Everton were in front in that. Mm. Um, there are positives to come back from that, I think, and 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 I know people are going to do the usual, yeah, but we didn't win. It was only two all. We desperately need a striker. Well, we went and bought one yesterday, didn't we? As good as we'll have a chat in a minute. Whether you think of what everybody thinks about him and getting Neil Mope and, and, and what he's going to do. But um, what are your initial thoughts, Les? Because I, I, I thought, I mean, <laughs> I suppose from everything I've just said there in my intro to this, each of a win, a draw, or a loss, there are probably arguments to be made in each of those categories for this, aren't there? Yeah, I think so. If if we win that. Everyone's saying, oh, it's a smashing grab. Everton have gone there, got the relatively early goal, defended pretty well, kept them out all game, come away with the three points. It's a sort of um, it's a sort of away performance that we've sort of been hit with quite a lot ourselves in recent years, where a team have just come and, you know, we've had a lot of the ball, not been able to do anything with it. They've scored the goal, they've gone home with the points. So I think that there was definitely a case to be made for us to win. Again, a case for us could be made that we should have got beat. But, you know, they had those quite decent chances. At least Tony's header was a real decent chance. And the follow-up volley, they should have scored from that without a doubt. One of them should have netted there. But they didn't. They didn't take the, the guilt edge chances like that. Um, so, you know, while you can say, yeah, OK, they had... I think 
what would, I've got the stats here. It was dead 19 shots, five on target. We had 14, seven on target. So, you know, we, we did create a lot of chances in that game. Um, and, you know, for the away side to come and do that, and the away side that's not started the season particularly well, uh, I don't think the start of the season has been as fatal, fatalistic as people have been making out. I think there's definite, you know, signs of improvement on the sort of malaise we found ourselves in a point during last season. So I think I, I think to look at that game and think, oh, bloody hell, we should have got beat there. I think it's a little bit negative, dare I say. You know, I'm not I'm not the most positive person in the world, but I can look at that game and think, you know what, there was there was some things we did well in that game. Um, even though they did create a few chances, they were down to individuals switching off. Even the goal was down to I think I think we said it didn't we um, when we were talking before Alex Awoe just switched off mm. that little bit when they scored. And that's always the worry with the way we're playing at the minute. We're playing on the tightest of margins. We're playing basically to try and not concede and nick a goal because there's not much of a goal threat. I think one thing that's been sort of you can look at positively in the in the, the three is it three or it's four league games now, isn't it? Mm. Incrementally got better at creating chances, I think. Um and I think there's signs that the team are growing. I don't I still don't like this formation at all. No. I think, I think there's signs that the team are growing into it. And I think today was, you know, probably our best performance, would you say? I think I think we did quite I think we did all right there today. I, I I was quite happy with how the game was going. It was always like it was always tight, and you're always thinking they couldn't. If we if we got a second, if Demari Gray scores that um, that chance when Onana plays him through, if we get that second, that's game over there. But that's what I'm saying. The game were on the, the they were playing to the tightest of margins. So if we don't take our chances, the other team are probably going to take one of theirs at some point. And that's 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 the only thing I really don't like about the way we're playing. Now I don't think we're not good enough to keep a clean sheet. But we're not really good enough to score more than one, which is a bit of a worry. Yeah, that's a really good balanced way of putting it, to be honest. Because, you know, I, I think I, I was so frustrated when Gray basically Gray goes through, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, I think I think if that's Gordon, then we probably bag. Um, I think if that's a couple of others that we probably bag as well. Um, but I don't know what it is about that lad. I I, I actually think he's epitomised his entire career since we've signed that lad. Because yeah. sometimes I've looked at him and he does some wonderful, wonderful things. And you're like, this fella is just full of talent. And then I'd say for more than half of the rest of the time that he plays for us, I think you can see why Leicester wanted rid of him. You can see why he's not made it at international level to, mm. to a high point. You can see why he's ended up at Everton. That famous old Matt Jones saying, there's a reason why <laughs> players end up at Everton. That's very much, you know, that looks him in the face as soon as you look at Damari. Yeah. The, the, the annoying thing about that chance for me today was, last week when he got played through, so we, we, we're right behind behind that when Pickford yeah. plays the ball through. And as soon as he takes it down, it's like he's scoring this. I had no doubt in my mind. Good, yeah. Same against Burnley last season when he got played through. Today he just hesitated. He normally hits them quite early, um, but he just took a bit too long. I don't know if the defender just got a little bit of him to put him off his stride. I think his first touch wasn't great, but it was just frustrating because you know he, he normally would slot that for me. But yeah, them, and it wasn't, wasn't meant to I be. Think I, the the one thing that's sort of sitting staring me in the face, the, the elephant in the room, I think, is the fact that we've got a new striker. I think striking in inverted commas in, in Neil Mopé, but we'll get onto that in a bit um, after we discuss most of the game here. Um, who's going to come in? That that, that hopefully, um, hopefully, I think many of us, many fans would say it's hopefully the last time we see Everton like that, hmm. given that we've got a new player coming in there to play in the in the attacking side of this this setup here. But I just want to go back and discuss a little bit what you said there about the the way in which we set up here with this, you know, f- line of five at the back. Um, now I'm starting to think when I see it more and more, Les, that it's almost like it has to be that way simply because, well, I think it's pretty obvious the reason why it is that way is simply because of now that Cody's come in, you can't look at that side and then think, oh, we'll automatically go into a back four mm-hmm. because I don't think you can play Cody in a back four. I think he's notoriously, it is, it is quite well known that he's not great in a back four. 
that's the whole reason that Wolves have let him go. Otherwise, I don't think Wolves would have him anywhere near the transfer. Yeah, um, because he's been their captain for years. He's been uh, he's he's a main England defender now, isn't he? He's going to be going to the World Cup. Um, and the way in which he plays as a sweeper for Southgate as well. I'm sure there's several managers in the game who've, who've, who've worked with him in the past have said, anytime he is at my team, I have to start with a back five because he'll give us everything we need to keep a clean sheet in a game. Or I think we, you know, that's what you want. To, nine times out of ten, he's going to be doing that for your successful team. I think where it becomes a difficulty for us is, I'm not necessarily sure that... The Tarkovsky or Holgate are particularly comfortable with that. I don't think the full-back positions. Sometimes I think Patterson's brilliant. I think he's going to be top class, by the way. Yeah. And um, I, I think Mikalenko is a really, really consistent left-back. But sometimes when I look at their positional sense of where they end up, you know, those, those flash moments during the opposition's attack or when we're moving forward or the worst of things, when we've got the ball, we start trying to move out of defence and transition into an attack. Our full-backs move forward. But then if we lose the ball in midfield, you're like, uh-oh, what are we doing here now yeah. in the wide positions? Um, and, and that's when I think a, a five-man defence isn't particularly on on, on their two shoulders. Um, I, I think that's more to do with, well, if it was a back four, we'd be ripped apart. I think that's why Lampard probably looks at it that way, and, and I'd love to, I'd love to hear him say, hear him talk about this, and hear his thoughts on this. That when we play with three centre backs, um, you know, it, it lightens up the midfield a little bit, doesn't it? It, yeah. it makes you have almost like an automatic from three. That sort of when we don't have a striker up there, which is exactly what I've just pointed out with Mopai coming in, uh, Mopai coming in now that things hopefully change for the better. As we go forward and we get Calvert Lewin back, it'll be interesting to see how he mixes that about up there. That does Lampard. Um but yeah, I think that is this is a major concern for me. And I think the, the other big thing as well that many people have complained about on social Les is um the substitutions from from Frank Lampard as well. When he puts Rondon on, he takes Onana off for uh, Tom Davis. Um what were your thoughts on the way in which you went about it today? The thing that's frustrating for me is, is it was possibly calling out for a formation change to go for it like we did against Villa. Yeah. yeah. Um, what I, do, I mean, I, I, people are probably sick of hearing me say this because I say it every time I come on a team, but what I don't like about the 3-4-3, the three, three, which is essentially what we're playing is, I think if, you, if you're going to play five at the back, back, play five at the back, I'd just be like, yeah, we're being defensive. Don't even care. That's that's the plan for defensive. When you're playing three at the back and then your your fullbacks are sort of they need the midfielders, no fullbacks, the kind of something in between. I think that leaves the defence a bit light. And as you said before, when Patterson, I think that was the time the first half, when Patterson went to break up and the and the move broke down, there was a couple of situations where there was a man spare the other side of Holgate while Patterson was getting back. And I think that's that's the kind of issue you have when you don't have a three midfield. So I think if you play five at the back, you play three in the middle. You play three centre midfielders and then two up front somehow in some formation or other. Because, as you said, it leaves you light in midfield when you play this, two mm. in the middle. And the full-backs, they're not, they're not midfielders, so they will not do that midfield job. Um, and I think you see that, especially with Mikalenko, because he's very much a full-back. He's not a wing-back. Is his instinct is to defend and his instinct's not to really, really even break down and cross the ball, is it? He always cuts back and plays it back. He's very much a defender. Patterson's different. I think he can do that full-back job, but I just don't think the balance is there. So I think you need to just say, right, you want to play five at the back and just say it's five at the back. Nothing wrong with it. Because as you say, I, I don't think we've got the personnel to really be comfortable with four. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the substitutions, the annoying thing is, yeah, I, I thought he was going to take a centre-back off. Um and then and go four three three like he did against Villa with Davis O'Nana and Awobi in the middle, which worked really well towards the end of that game. Could have worked really well towards the end of this game as well. Um so it's just frustrating when managers do that like for like substitution and don't really change anything at all. Because Tom Davis wasn't going to bring anything to the game that O'Nana did during that game. He wasn't yeah, it was, it was, he wasn't it wasn't do anything different. 
Exactly. It wasn't a change you looked at and thought it we're bringing them on here to make things more positive for us going forward. Yeah, it, it was just Onana's been getting a bit of a kick and again, he might be knackered, let's bring him off. Instead of just thinking, maybe gambling a little bit, I suppose, maybe with a game coming up on Tuesday and then the derby on Saturday, that could be playing on his mind a bit because the last thing we need now is any sort of injury to anyone. Mm. Um, so maybe he's looking at that because I think he has had two pretty rough games, Onana, hasn't he? He's been uh, he's been kicked all over the shop. It, was, it, it, it happened again today. A few he had a, a few tasty tackles put in on him today. So you know maybe he's, he's looking out for him in that respect. But it is just frustrating when he there was a chance to go for it there because you know for for all the, the the sort of chances they had, I just it it looked like it could have been one of those days for them. You know we, we've had it ourselves, haven't we? Where you just do everything but score. And it did look for a long time, 85 minutes, exactly, that it was going to be like that for them. Um, so, yeah, it's just a bit frustrating that he never he never went for it. But I don't know. It's, I think he's sort of cautiously feeling his way into this season, isn't he, given the options he's got? Which you can't, you can't really blame him, but it is a bit frustrating for me. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's... Uh... That that's something else I'll look at in, in regards to these well 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 less than a week left in the window now, what we need to go and do. Um I think, you know, as as much as I've 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 tried to put a sort of positive tone on certain parts of that game, going one nil up, defending it all the way, um, right up until the end there. We 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 would have took a scrappy three points. I think a scrappy three points would be the best three points we could possibly take these days. Yeah. So I would have taken that, but um, I I still I still can't look at what we've seen so far this season and that those opening four league games forget the Fleetwood one um, without thinking that we're still going to be in and around the relegation battle um, the, the way we are uh, Les and you, you look it's, it's easy for many people it's really really easy for many people to listen to this and say Dave are only four games in you know things can change we can do better we can do this we can do that we can do whatever well, that 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 heavily gets thrown onto Neil Morpé's shoulders now, doesn't it? Um, because he's he's very much seen as the sort of white knight now that's come in as a striker. And again, I say it in inverted commas because I don't think he is a natural goal scoring striker. I think he's a, a real gnarly, um, our last type of striker that you that he's loads of in fact we're all gonna love him if he does what we've seen him do at Brighton and that is like proper oh, yeah. you know proper wind people up and all that is that the thing that bags goals for Everton I'm not so sure about that that's why I've I've remained hesitant really where at first when I saw we were in I was like please no that's not what we need then I've changed my mind and thought well you know what are you going to get? The you know the the dollar for your book. Are you going to get when all Everton can afford really is around that amount of money what we spent on him, mm. um, and and Diaz potentially comes our way from Blackburn as well. That that's just the, the complete unknown in my opinion. I know he's had a really good last season for for Blackburn, but that's the championship. Let's hope he's not back in those ways if he comes to play for us. Let's. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what I'm thinking about that? Um... So basically, a lot of people have been saying he's a sort of he's a Stephen Naismith kind of player, Mope, um, which would be great because if Stephen Naismith won loads of free kicks in really good areas, but we had really good free kick takers and people who could score at that time. Yeah. Now we kind of waste our set pieces, I think. So you know, if he can do that, he can break the game up and he can get free kicks and things like that. That'd be brilliant. My worry is with the two of them, it could be a Naismith and Yelovich situation. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's a really good point. To be Yelovich, Annie. Yeah, yeah, we're, well, we, which, which part of that? one season, and then if it was the Yelovich we had in the first six months that he was there, then absolutely I'd take that. But yeah, um, I don't think he's that. And then yeah, I, I'm sort of edging my bet towards the um, later leaving Naismith slash Yelovich um, way in which they they ended their time with the football club. Unless we forget, they were both in much better teams than Everton is these days as well, which is oh, a little bit yeah. funny. Um, and, you know, I, I think to, today's performance, I think if you, you, I think a lot of people today, or everyone who went the game, everyone who's been watching it, everyone who's discussing it now, everyone who's listened to this, in their minds will be, well, Mopey's going to come in and he's going he's gonna to probably start against Leeds. I'd be shocked if he didn't. 
um, given given the way that we've lined up this front three that hasn't done much so far this season in the first four games. Um, in fact, I think every time everyone's looked at, at spells during this game and the and since you know pretty much since they found out that we were signing him yesterday or the day before yesterday that he was going to be coming to Goodison, I think many people will have started sort of writing down their starting 11s with him involved and what you do with him, what you do with Calvert Loom comes back later on, uh, hopefully sooner, sooner rather than later, how he fits about. Um, people throw it about, oh yeah, he's the, he's the exact type, he's, he's a carbon, carbon copy of Richarlison, I'm not so sure I agree with that. I agree with the sort of our last perspective of him, I agree with the, yeah. he'll, he'll do everything for this football club and I really like that about the lad. Um, it's the it's the quality side of thing that, that that I think that there's too little of, given what we absolutely desperately need. And yes, of course, I know that that's the that that's the the place we have to shop at now. That's the market we've got to go through, given the position we're in. We're not going to get somebody who we need as a almost guaranteed 15, 20 goal a season striker. That's not going to happen. I completely uh, I, I accept that. Uh, sadly, that's the way it is, but. Uh, I'm looking at that today, and I was thinking, who, who would they take out straight away and throw more by in? Uh, it, it, it would have to be McNeil because I think McNeil started with an absolute stinker yeah. since he's come yeah. in. You know what? Um, he didn't but, do too bad today, just purely because I don't think he did anything wrong. It, the the thing about my having them less is, I know this is this is something you see criticism of almost all the time with left-footed players: is that you're too left-footed, and the reason people say that is because oh. It's fixing my head that he's left footer because you normally see nine times out of ten every other player that simply is right footed and no one comments on a player who's got a right foot. It's always the ones who've got left foot because they're the rarity in the sport. Yeah. Uh, and but I, I do see people's points when they've said that when he gets the ball, I think unless almost instantaneously within two or three seconds of him collecting the ball and not whipping it in and not finding a forward pass, I think he's stuck. And I think that's where he probably lacks because if you're a defender and, and, and you're going to do a little bit of homework with your manager and, and the coaching staff before games and you're going to say if McNeil's starting and you're the person that has to mark him and get in and amongst him, then almost immediately you get on his shoulders straight away. Then I, th- I think you've won your battle with him and I think it's too easy for people to win the battle with him. I think that's the reason why he was at Burnley. That's the reason why he's ultimately came to us mm. um, and other clubs have not gone in for him. Because yeah. I, every time I've seen us do business or being linked with players all summer long, I've thought, yeah, this looks like every player we're going to be looking at is going to be Newcastle-related. Newcastle probably going to want a similar player or the same player that we're after. Um, and lo and behold, I, it didn't seem to me like Newcastle were ever looking at coming in for McNeil. And I think there's a reason why. Um where there's others we've got in for, you know, you do you have heard those rumours. Wouldn't surprise me if um, Eddie Howe looked at, at Mopai, um, or, or you know, or, or looked at like Cody, or looked at Tarkovsky without a shadow of that because he'll have worked for the money when he was down at Burnley years yeah, ago. Um, the I think the reason why he's not gone for McNeil is because he sees. I'm not saying he's a bad footballer, but I just think he's got limitations, and I think. We have to. I simply put, we have to have Calvert Lewin up front for him to shine. Yeah, I think that's that's the that's the main headline I throw in in regards to McNeil. Now, otherwise, when you're putting him in a front three, I can scarcely remember him having the ball today. Les, uh, I thought I thought Anthony Gordon looked at the, the two probably the two main things we have to talk about in regards to uh, is on top of the post match and the result today, where we do want to come away with a point. Um, we desperately need to bag our first three points as soon as possible. Away at Leeds and a home to Liverpool um, is uh, is is quite <laughs> quite scary. Looking forward, to that, really, isn't it? we'll get onto that in, in a second or so. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I look at the, the the situation now with what we have to do um, with the players that we have, and, and the Anthony Gordon situation is not going to go away literally until. It goes past eleven PM next Thursday, um, and and this this I don't know idea that Chelsea and him forum Lampard said they haven't even now offered the sixty million. I think Sky have rumoured to have said that it has been offered, um, 
and I've instantaneously said I, I, I think we need to sell him straight away if that sixty million pounds is what's coming in. I think it's a, I think it's a really difficult decision to make if it's if the offer has been instalments over several years. You're getting sixty million. That's that's no good for us. No. That is no good for us whatsoever, unless they're given ninety percent of sixty, so basically fifty million quid in our ass pocket right now. Then I, I don't see us worth selling them now. Um, and I think today as well, I think you know many people have said. I think the majority of Blues have said that for that level of uh, cash, then I think we do have to sell them at, at around sixty million quid, whatever the fee is going to be. Um, but in in his defence. I thought he was brilliant today for the most part when the ball was thrown to him. Seemed like he was playing centre forward on his own for a lot of the game. Uh, now and again, did drift to the wing like he's naturally going to do because that's his natural game, isn't it? Yeah. But I thought he took his goal magnificently as well. The way it's played to him by Cody, loves that diagonal. In fact, I think him and Tarkovsky are, are born to play in a three man centre back. Role because they love playing that di- those di- diagonals and yeah. throw Jagielka in with them both. You just see them doing that all day long. Too. <laughs> um, the ball's great. I like the way he lets it run across him and then finishes it with his left foot, stunning finish. Um, and you know, and, and, and how, how many times has that happened when players are in the headlines and then they go and score a goal and they're even more so in the headlines? I think um, Thomas Tuchel and the rest of Chelsea will be looking at that tonight and. and uh, you know, there'll be a few people sort of saying, "Yeah, let's go and get him now." Um, whatever happens with that, but it needs to be sort of quickly, Les, um, because you know, you, do you feel twixt in between with this? Take away the fee. It seems that I've had a massive argument with with a really good friend of mine as that game was on today. He's a Liverpool fan, but he was just talking to me about uh, Anthony Gore News. Went, "Why on earth are you selling that lad?" I said we're selling them because we're in a pretty desperate situation to need to sign other players. I think that mm-hmm. that's, you know, otherwise it, it'd feel more Wayne Rooney esque. Of, and I'm not saying he's anywhere near as good as Rooney was at that age, but it would feel more towards me like we're losing a talent that I badly want him want him to stay. Um, and and I'd, I'd be saying that immediately. Other than the fact that we're in a massive mess in terms of the squad, we still need players, and it doesn't look like we've got enough money to go and recruit what we absolutely need to, to be comfortable this season. So, um, you know, the way, you, I mean, you were there the other, night, the other day, I couldn't make it. It's a good assume when he was sort of on his own on the pitch, clapping the Gladys Street. It looked to me like all intents and purposes that he's off. Yeah. Uh, then doesn't play at Fleetwood, but then comes back in away at Brentford. Now, what 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 are you feeling towards this now? Because I, again, I, just just to reiterate, because this is post match, of course, I thought his finish was really good, and I thought there was a lot of positives about about his game and getting involved with everything we did occasionally well this afternoon. Yeah, there was. I think I think just just to pick up on what he, how he played today, I think it was his best performance of the season in that position, especially. So a lot's been asked of him to play sort of down the middle and act as the striker. And I think the first game, he just looked completely lost as you would do. If you know, if you're like a, not a, not a big player, you know, a relatively slight lad being asked to do the centre forward job that would normally be filled by Calvert-Lewin, you're going to, you're going to find it tough. What he did today that was good. He was, he wasn't jumping for the flick-ons. He was jumping just to put the defender off. And it was it was working because there was some way with headers going left, right, and centre from their defence, and it was like he was just being a bit cuter with his game and and just getting his body in the way and and just trying to make it a little bit tough for the defender because he knew he had no chance of winning the header. Um, so I, I did like that part of his game. I thought I thought he looked on it today. His, his touches were good. He he played some neat passes. His his turns were good. His goal was brilliant. Um, as you said, the the ball from Cody, his touch and finish was unreal. Um, really, really good, and that won't won't have done him any harm um, for any sort of transfer fee we're going to get from if we do. But as you say, it it's an odd one, and it's it's an indictment on how badly the club's been run. The fact that we're looking at it thinking, Do you know what, give us that sixty million because we need it, and we could invest it in the team in other areas, um, which is always with the caveat we might not invest it in the team because we might not get the chance to if we keep sort of this Mexican standoff with Chelsea. Um, and you just wonder if you trust them to invest it right. Because just going back to Mopay as well, the most frustrating thing for me 
why didn't he just get it done so he could play today, even even from the bench? He's an ex-Brentford player. He's a wind-up merchant. He'd have absolutely loved going there today. He would have been yeah. properly, properly up for it there today. But no, you know, I, I, don't, I don't even know if anyone said in the club, oh, we tried our hardest to get it done. I don't even know if you said that. It's just, oh, yeah, we signed him, but he's not playing. It's like, why not? You've had, if not all summer, at least all week to get this done. Why haven't you got it done in time? You know, it's, it's no skin off Brighton's nose if he plays for us today. It's just, it's just, a bit, it's just a bit pathetic in that regard. And that's that's the thing that worries me. The fact that they're either going to wait too long, accept the late offer from Chelsea, because they're trying to get as much money as possible, which isn't good enough for us. Because, you know, whether we get 60 million today or 70 million on Thursday, take the 60 million today. It's It's going to be more useful. It's not going to be any use on Thursday because we won't get anyone. So it's it's annoying. The thing that has sort of upsets me most about it is the fact that I don't really feel bothered if he goes. It's which is sad, isn't it? Mm. You know, I was down I was down at Chelsea last season when um I think he set up Branthwaite, didn't he? For the goal. He whipped a free kick and Branthwaite scored it. And he had a cracking game down there. And I just remember when he was when he was walking down towards the crowd and we were all singing at the Gordon to him. The look on his face was just absolutely priceless because he he couldn't believe it. It you could see him like thinking, "Oh my god, this is the best thing in the world." Not that I've made it, but this is brilliant. This is what I want. And to feel like from that night thinking, "Oh my god, this lad's going to be class," and everyone singing his name, to now thinking, "Oh, if we got sixty million, yeah, let's take it." I'm not bothered. It's horrible, and I, and I hate that the club's making me feel like that because it shouldn't be. We should be like gnashing our teeth about this, saying, "No, no, we shouldn't be letting him go." But the situation we're in, like you said, we've not really got much choice, and it's it's just a massive indictment on how badly the club's been. I know that's not that that's not one for post match, but it's just dead frustrating that just how thoroughly shit we are and everything. Um, you know, it, it, it's interesting you say this. It, it's not you realize it's obviously it's not instantly for the post match what we talk about a lot, but sadly that's the way the transfer window is. That we're still going to be banging on about the transfer window up until beyond Thursday night when obviously Rob Vera will be involved because he loves doing the transfer window stuff and all that. It's going to be a really good show. I hope I'd implore anybody to get involved in it, whatever happens on the, on Thursday night and whatnot. We'll have plenty of coverage talking about it throughout the week. But it seems like it seems like it's it's so heavily um and entwines between everything that's going on with the club, even the way we play now, isn't it? Because like we've just mentioned there, his performance today, I thought he was probably our best player, given the match of. So, yeah, I think there was a there was a few of the candidates in there. I think Onana, when he was playing, he did a ridiculous bit of skill that made me... I started drooling when he did it in the... Uh, in the first half, when he just knocks it around one of their players ridiculously. Yeah. I, I, by the way, how quick is that lad? He is lightning. He is lightning quick. Yeah. It's not often you get big, powerful players who are also really, really quick. It's not often you see both. It's normally one or the other with many players. So I'm really excited to see what comes from him. And I really wish he was in a much more easier circumstance for him to settle himself at Everton. But Lo and behold, you know, the, the fact we're talking about all sorts of different disasters going on. But just to go back to your point there, I, th- I think that's so so well said by what you've mentioned there with um, with Gordon Les. And yeah, it is. It's it's obviously difficult not to talk about it even regarding a game that he's played in because the reason why we're, we're so um, fixated by talking about whether you want him to go, whether you want him to stay whether you think it's impossible not to want him to go, given that it's 60 million quid that we desperately need. Yes, I think ultimately all everybody's attention has to turn back and point towards the board or particular individuals in and around the board. Fortunately, some of which who, who, who might have gone or who might be as involved as they used to be, i.e. the actual owner, which again is sad enough and ironic enough to say. Um, and we want Threlwell to be the person who's ultimately... he's it's. It, what gets to me is I I feel sorry for that fella that well that he's come in, um because obviously he's got pedigree he's got a career where he's done so well that's why he's ended up at Everton, um but he was over at Wolves he was in the MLS he knows players he's he's he seems to be I'd love us to find out some more information about the way in which we scout players and there's a lot of things we not aren't quite sure of with that obviously but he's involved with recruitment he's head of the recruitment um, alongside 
Lampard if he's involved. I hope uh, Paul Clements involved. Ashley Cole's probably involved. You know, we don't know the full. This has always been the issue with the club. We don't fully know. Mm. We're never communicated with what we need. No, nobody's screaming at the club to tell us who we're going after. Nobody, everybody knows that's not the way things work with transfers and Premier League clubs. But um, we do know we should know as these are custodians for the club. They're not like us who are always going to be uh, in and around the football club. You should be you should be telling us or we should be able to know easily enough about who decides what, who does what, what's the communication like in the football club. And I know, look, I sound like several people who bang on about communication at the football club, but it's something that just never, ever seems to go away because yeah. it's never, ever solved. I don't think it's too... I mean, I... You know, the club don't have to tell us anything. That's fair enough. It's like, and you don't really care about communication when you're not shit. I think when you're doing well, you're not really that bothered because all the communication is quite nice then, isn't it? And the club will tell you loads of stuff and it's all nice and it's lovely. When you're not doing well, it's frustrating because you're kind of looking at it and you think, you know, you look at the Onana signing, for instance. We seem to go after him just, just to pick West Ham to him. So then you're automatically thinking, well, have we only gone for him because we saw West Ham with him from we thought, oh yeah, we can get him. Or do we have someone out in France going looking at these players? Do we have someone out in Spain? Do we have someone in South America? And I don't think that's too much to ask that the fans know. The club should be actively saying, you know, we've got scouts here, there and everywhere. This is how we do it. There's nothing wrong with saying that. It's no secret how clubs scout players because they all do it the same way. Mm. But it just feels like still it's very, very sort of hand to mouth and last minute seat of the pants stuff. Um, I think I was speaking to Paddy on I think we did mailbag um, the other week and we speak to Paddy about this obviously working for the Athletic he's closer to it than everyone and he's sort of saying well it's it's difficult to know how the club's working are they are they in the position because they've been so poorly run and the money isn't there that they've got to sort of wait for late deals to try and push it through as late as possible to kind of try and unsettle players and sort of get them out the club do you know what I mean at last minute so the clubs just go right, tell you what just go then because if you don't go now, we've got to play for four months that we don't want. And is that why they're not going in for players early? Or, you know, is, is there some other reason? Is it the way we've got to... I don't know. It, it's just... It's dead frustrating. And it it's... Just to bring it back around to the post-match, it's costing us in games like this today. Yeah. And you kind of think if there, if there were more options off the bench instead of three wide players trying to, like, mix and match to play as a striker at some point during the game, because I think they all had a go at some point. They kind of interchange. Um, you know, instead of just having a striker there, you know, if we had this defensive midfielder, we could maybe see Onana in a three, which, mm. you know, go judging by what happened at Villa, yeah. and probably judging a Fleetwood the other night, really, because, you know, they're obviously a lower league side. He had more freedom, and you could see that as he grew into the game. He was, he was taking more responsibility on and you see that he's a player who wants to like sort of power forward, but the limited role he's playing now, a lot of the time during that game, he was given the simple pass, kind of doing what the core does, you know, just popping it back to the centre back. As yeah. the game went on, he got better and he he he'd get his head up and have a look around. But he's at, being asked to play in a two. You, you've got it. You basically that's all you can do. Awobi does it brilliantly. I think Tom Davis does it well as well. He just gets mm. the ball, will turn, will pop it short, will go for the return. He's not that kind of player, but he's getting asked to do that role. Now, if we, you know, if we'd have got these players lined up early, got them in, and he could have played in a three, you know, we could be seeing completely different results in a completely different player. Um, and it's just games like this, you know, this judges at the end of the transfer window. It's like, well, you know, it's five games in, and then the sixth Liverpool, the seventh Arsenal. That's not really a luxury anymore <laughs> should be afforded. Um so it is, it, it's frustrating because this run of games hasn't been particularly bad. Chelsea were clearly there for the taking on the opening mm. day, as Leeds showed when they absolutely destroyed them last week. Uh, Villa were there for the taking because they're bad. I think this was there for the taking. As Bournemouth showed the week before. Well, well, yeah, exactly. You know, it's these these games, like, we could have got a lot more points and we're not in the, the position where we can, although today was a welcome one-all draw, because as I think we said before, before the game, probably would have taken the draw, particularly yeah. given how we've been playing, how they played against Man United. It was a worry there that they could have turned us over. Don't think they'd look like doing that at any point during the game, no matter how many times they hit the bar or the post. Uh, I think we did all right, as we said at the start. 
But it's frustrating because we could have got more, but the club is just so slow to get everything done and there's no urgency there. And it's it's just frustrating ultimately, isn't it? Like that game today, it was you know, it was a bit of a microcosm, wasn't it? There was a lot of lot of enthusiasm there once we scored and we thought, you know what, we're doing all right. First half, I think we had 61% possession. We were pretty much all over them, even though I think we had to post twice in the first half, didn't we, or something like that. We had to post Skybun in the first half, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was it was, it was was a sort of microcosm of, of this summer, this game whereby there was a little bit of uh, optimism, thinking, OK, we might do something here. Like in the early summer when we signed Tarkovsky and Cody, we thought, OK, yeah, this is sound. Um, and then ultimately, it just sort of fizzled out. Yeah, I think as well... What what we're starting to see as well, Les, um, before we have a this little chat about uh, Neil Mopai, who's going to be hopefully starting against Leeds on uh, on Tuesday. But I, I I think now we're getting to a stage of a, a, a transition of, okay, so we feel as if we've got decent enough players, we've done decent enough recruitment over the week over the, the summer. I'd probably go along with that. There's different levels that people think. A lot of people are saying, oh, it's been. Nine out of ten, the players you brought in with Cody, Tarkovsky, Onana, whatnot, and Vinagre as well. Um, I think probably becomes more and more seen as as the season goes on. I think as we play more and more games, I think he's going to become more and more involved. Um, all, all of that, all of that stuff that we we've done. Um, I think that is starting a little bit to what I see on social media because obviously I'm, I'm not sad of a person constantly start looking at what people are saying almost 24-7 me Les as you know that I'm seeing uh, maybe not so much as criticisms towards Lampard but I've I've had so many replies recently in all of the games that have been like why can't Frank see that he needs to make this particular change this substitution the way in which, like you mentioned, there should have been a big transition in terms of the formations we had when we were making subs and the way in which different players were playing in the little nuances in, in different positions on the pitch. Um, look, I, I think that's where things will get really messy. If it, Whilst we're still waiting for our first Premier League win of the season, whilst we're still waiting on Everton actually clicking together and putting in a, a really good, 90-minute performance from winning a game and getting three points. I think a lot of people are becoming more and more tetchy towards all this and starting to think, uh, this, is, this isn't looking great from Lampard. How is he not able to get a tick out of the players that he signed and whatnot? I think, I think what's... It's the wrong thing to say. I think what's saving him, and again, I think I'm using inverted commas all, commas all the time, all the way through this. But <laughs> what what what's saving him is the fact that we don't have the recruitment, the full recruitment that we, we we've wanted for several months. I think the thing that many people are getting to is the fact that with Charleston was sold, was well, started June, and we still haven't replaced him. Um, and I think it's really unfair if Lampard gets. Ninety nine percent of the criticism that he does, because I think you you, you then in, enter in a dangerous territory of blaming a new manager uh, for stuff that isn't really his fault. Look at what he come in and took over. Look yeah. at the look, look at the ecstasy that we all had when we got the, the win against uh, Palace and stayed up. You know, this has been an incredibly oh, I don't know. There's so much frustration since he's been there. I have so much sympathy for that fella. Yes, I know there needs to be an obligation from him where he looks like he's going to be somebody who takes this club forward. And I think he's getting the right level of support via most fans. Um, But, you know, I I don't think it's wrong to suggest I wouldn't have done that if I was Frank Lampard. I don't think we should have done that. And yes, everyone says things in hindsight and looks really, really clever. But doing it at the time is completely different. We get that. Yeah. But there are things that I think it's really unfair. I I don't think you could criticise things he does without an asterisk next to it to say why it is the way it is, if you get what I mean. Yeah. And there's there's absolutely nothing wrong with criticising the manager because everyone should criticise the manager. Even yeah. if you're the best, Man City fans should criticise Pep Guardiola. Oh know? well, look what they have won. They have, they, this is a club that should have won the Champions League several times yeah. and have under him. Yeah. You, you get why there's criticism of him, but then yeah. you know you'll get other fair, uh, you know, fans who, who aren't really overly asked to hear about their own club or other clubs and say, 
oh yeah, but look at the amount of money they're allowed to spend. They should win absolutely everything. That's not how football works. No. If football worked that way, we'd have won a few things with the amount of money <laughs> we've wasted since we got Machiri six years ago. Do you know what I mean? That, that, that's the other <laughs> thing, isn't it? That that's the thing. This club has pretty much been in terminal decline for six years now. <laughs> the sad the thing was that that's so well put what you said there because and... the, the the sad thing is. There are so many different points. If this was written as a journal or if this was written as a documentary since Machiri took over, um, from the point when, say, let's say Martinez left, go from yeah. there all the way to where we are now, how many different times you could throw a dart on a timeline and say, that's where things went to shit. <laughs> the, how many did, and this, I, I would go as far to say this. There's probably a, a fair hundred or so different things that loads of different fans would say. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'd be really interesting from even from like a, a psychological point of view what people would say and how they've dealt with it and how they felt by it and whatnot. Um, I was on the Blue Room, I think. <laughs> I think many of the people listening to us have said, "How are you guys still going? Given the way Everton have been for so long and whatnot, but we'll we'll, we'll always still be here. Don't worry about that." I tell, you, um, I tell you what, would be interesting to to go through at different points and see what we're saying on like the weekly. Or subsequently yeah. in that, just to see sort of like the highs and lows of where we were with each manager and each flashpoint. Um, I, I was thinking, what 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 film director would you get to have to go through everything we've ever done with a microscope and and say that that guy needs to see someone, you know? <laughs> <laughs> this, this fella needs to go and have a chat with somebody. Like you know, the the, the things serious things are going on here. Uh, I know I'd, I'd certainly be, be a case in point from them themselves, to be honest. I'd have, um, they, I'd have, I'd have David Cronenberg and just make it a horror film. <laughs> That's it, mate, yeah. It's like, there's another Halloween film coming out soon, isn't there? Like, the very, it's, it, it is actually Catacombs with Jamie Lee Curtis. And I actually like them films. But there's been a, there's been about shit, about 10 of them now, hasn't there? 11 of them, yeah. whatever it is. And like, um, all the other horror, horror films that seem to like, they can't think of new things, and they just make another one and another one and another one, like Psycho. And there's about fifteen of them as well, isn't there? Yeah, um, that, that, that feels like that. That feels like the way of it now. That just like, oh, let's let's fix the club again. Let's start from you know floor zero here, and let's start building. Oh, we've got to do it again. We've got to do it again. Yeah, Everton but, and the horror film franchise makes a lot of sense. Yeah, but yeah, absolutely. But given the point where now we're at a stage, given the, I, I think it's been actually quite, quite difficult really to to become positive about any of this. And I know people would say that criticizing me anyway. In general, I think that's the thing that I'll, <laughs> I'll always live with people criticizing me for being negative about this. But here we are with the football club the way it is. I look at it now and think, how many times are we going to get another chance to sort this out? Because it obviously what happened with Palace should have been the massive slap in the face, the definitive mm. slap in the face for everybody involved in that football club who could sort this out. Yet we're sat here at the start of a new season, still with, what, 34 more games to go in the Premier League, but we're still looking around at each other thinking, hang on, this still isn't looking any better, guys. This is still not looking like we've got this sorted. And and that, to me, is what is quite quite terrifying, really, because... Yeah. Yes, the immediate reply you'll get from so many people who'll be listening to this tonight when the, everyone listens to the post-match, the thousands of blues that get involved with us and whatnot, we're absolutely really grateful for it. But so many of them are high proportional. I would imagine they're saying, oh, lads, you need to relax. We're only four games in. We'll get it right. Transfer window doesn't end until Thursday. How many times have you said day after day after day since that Palace game, since where we stay, stayed up and everybody's looking at each other saying, never again, never mm-hmm. again. We all did that in in ninety ninety four, didn't we? We all did it in what ninety eight. We've we've all had stages of doing this. Mike Walker stuff like that. There are echoes everywhere you look around the yeah. football club to those near enough catastrophes. Les and there's, I I think there's only so many times you can do it before you get you get caught. There's only when you get down, and and that's sadly that's where I'm I'm not. I'm not feeling that where I'm at right now because yes, you physically can't do that given the fact we have so long to change things around. You, whilst you've, it's like life, isn't it? Whilst you've got everything in front of you to change and make changes, you can still change things for the better, for the positive. Yeah. But my <laughs> words, the amount of times I tend to look at Everton every single day and think, 
Yeah, it's not getting any better, this lad. So, to conclude this podcast, we've been going on for nearly over an hour now on post-match. We normally don't take that long. Um, and we haven't spoke as much as we normally do about games because we've been that frustrated. <laughs> but I do think I do think we've gone in the right direction talking about why things tend to be the way they are right now, despite the players we've signed. Yeah. One who's yet to put on his Everton shirt is Neil Mopai, who we've signed for around, what, 15 million quid yeah. from Brighton, 20-odd goals in 100-odd games. Um, I think a lot of people have referred to me when I've not really wanted them initially. Then I've sort of changed my mind and said, you know what, probably the best we can get right now with the budget that we've got to spend. Um, people are saying that there's a similarity with Charles, and I think with a similarity into me, he's actually quite early. I think he's a bit of an arlass. I think mm-hmm. he's, he's somebody who will try and rough the feathers of everybody who you play. Um, somebody who'll more than happily stand in front of somebody else and do anything they possibly can to get ahead at the football club. I think, yes, I welcome that. I think, yes, that's something we probably do miss from Richarlison and he will bring. Other side, quality, goal scoring. Personally, don't think that's what we're getting. Um, if he if he scores, I, 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 I said this the other day on one of the pods we did when I was talking to Matt, I, I would be surprised, relatively surprised, if we're sat here at the end of this season and any one of our players, um, um, at least one, has scored more than double uh, double figures, yeah, um, and Mopai's in that in that thing. I think he's like that anyway. If you look at his career at Brighton, lest we forget, he's coming from a club that's been better than us for the last year, eighteen months, well, with one of the best managers in the game. By the way, who hasn't got him scoring? Um, I, I, I literally every week consistently um, for Everton to get him to do that I, I think it's going to take a hell of a lot despite that he absolutely has to be one of the first names in the team sheet when we play Leeds away on Tuesday night yeah he's, he's I just looking at the stats he plays 30 odd games a season every season he scores 8 to 10 goals he sets up 2 or 3 goals not um, not exactly anything to set the world alight but as he's, he's, a mid, he's a mid-table player yeah, but he, he don't have the position of that. that That's why I get, that's why I'm understanding, that's why I'm content is, with signing him, Les. Yeah, that's for me. He, he is a mid-table striker. He he has got a lot of character about him and he can add something to that team, character-wise and in his play and what he does in the game. Now, this is, this is where I want to go with this. I think we just need to resign ourselves to having a few lower-table finishes. Just like, you know, Forget qualifying for Europe. We're not that good. I said when we did the uh, the season preview, I said we'd finish eighth, and I thought, you know what? Everyone else is a bit shit. So if we're not that shit, we might be alright. <laughs> but I just think we need to like be realistic and just resign ourselves to having a couple of lower half table finishes. Let the manager build something. Give him the time. Don't bottle it. I think right, we've got to get rid of this fella if it goes a little bit wrong. Give him time to build something because that's something we've not done since Mashiri's been there. If you look at, like you said, Potter, he's flying this season. I think this has taken him four seasons to get to where he wants to be. And he's had several. I think he, I think he finished bottom half every season. This could be the season where it kicks on for them now. Um, you've got to give them time. You've got to give these managers time. He wouldn't have lasted at Everton. If we'd have, if we'd have got Potter in um, when we got, say, Ancelotti, let's say, he wouldn't be at the club now. No. Because he wouldn't have been given the time to build anything. You know, he's gone... When, I think when he signed from Brentford, he was like 43, 43 games, 25 goals he scored. So he was flying with Brentford in the champ. He's like that Mitrovic-type player. He looks like we're brilliant in the championship, not great in the Prem. He's kind of that in-between. But for where we are, where we are at the minute, that, that's all we can get. And I think that's where we all need to take a step back. This is certainly what I'm doing. I'm just thinking... This is as good as it gets for now. Let's just walk before we can try and run because we tried it the other way and completely messed it up. So let's not let's not go for the big money players. Let's let's sort of buy from a roundabout, buy from the champion yeah. like Moyes did, build something on the back of that. You know, players who aren't on the way down from another big club or players who failed at a bigger club and they like you see us as a sort of a step down with the money's good. Forget all that now. Get players in like this, players from the champ, build something build a team of characters that can, you know, all play for each other. Basically like what we did for 15 years on the Moyes. 
um, or ten years, whatever it was. It's still so long ago. Um, I think I think that's where we are as a club now. It's shit because we shouldn't be because we should never have spent that much money to be in the position we're in. But this is where we are, and I think we just need to just have a little reset of expectations and think we probably are going to be flirting around the relegation zone all season if we finish bottom half. We probably will finish bottom half. It's not the end of the world if the signs that we're gradually getting better. Um, oh, like the, the, I think I think what you're saying there is absolutely right, and I think I I think like yourself, I've been a while to make peace with that. Um, the oh look, you know the the excitement for the new stadium, even yeah. um, that's that's gone to my ass pocket, and I'm not getting that back out of my ass pocket until. Probably it's a couple of weeks before we all end up picking our new seats there and whatnot. <laughs> as long as we're still in the Premier League, that's when I'll get as properly excited as we should well be right now. Because let's face it, if and nobody's asked this question, I don't think, but if you were said right now, given what we've done since Machiri came in, given what we could have done, what other clubs who've spent less money than us have done since Machiri came in. Um and and you know we take it who spent like that I don't know Spurs I don't know right yeah, now could get, have get spent it well haven't they yeah yeah a team that spent a lot of money but have spent it well had West Ham have done decent They've done yeah there you go yeah had you done anything even remotely Wolves had you done even remotely close to something that looks adequate and 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 something that you look at and think do you know what. I can't really complain about that because the club has spent money and we bought some really good players. We haven't spent well all the time, but you know, let's say we've done all right here and we are the side that we were for several years under Moyes as being the best of the rest, as being the mm-hmm. side that battles it out for Europa. They'll get in the Europa quite often. Um, you'll see them probably have a poor start to the season, but they'll eventually come good. And I actually, I actually think the fact that Moyes did that has taken a, a lot of time for many of us to wake up and think, hang on, this isn't the way things are anymore. Because when you started the season poorly under Moyes, notoriously, you get to the winter and spring and we start flying and winning ridiculous yeah. amounts of points. Um, I've started thinking that probably when he left... Martinez did similarly, didn't he, for the first year at least? Yeah. But then beyond that, and and it came to the silver years, and then ridiculously stupid Benitez, Allardyce, my word. If I'd have said this to myself, we didn't know about this five, six years ago, you probably would have said you need to go away in a straight jacket. Dave, what are you talking about? That's never going to happen at Everton. But if, if you know, around then, if, if those things happened even remotely half decent somebody who done a six out of ten performance in their job from mm-hmm. anyone who works at the club at any level from recruitment to the board to the financial side of things six out of ten would have Everton finishing consistently say seventh to ninth easily, uh, easily mm-hmm. given the amount of money that we've had uh, the reason why it's so difficult now um with the club and the, the reason why this is why you see so many people who want the owner to leave uh, which sounds as crazy but you know would it have been that difficult for Everton to have done that I don't think so because we were in a really decent position to do that both when we had Moyes um, even when Martinez you think of the bad years under Martinez his last two years where we finished what 11th 11. twice yeah yeah I would bite your hand off for that right now freaking right and, yeah and and this is this is why like this is so mind blowingly difficult to properly think that this football club is going to get sorted yeah. because it's on that far it's just continuously dug a hole to the other side of the world. Never mind, you know, just really gone down a little bit and we'll come back at some point. For us to become the club we were under Moyes when we were in that best of the rest battling fourth, fifth, sixth with Villa. Um, and and a couple of other clubs, for us to get to that stage, we can't we can't do that in, in any time in the near future. That is impossible to well, do. For that. We can't with the current model of the owner shitting himself and sacking managers. Moyes wouldn't have made it past that second season under Machiri. That's an excellent. He'd finished seventeenth, and he'd have been gone. 
Yeah. No, that's, I, I think that's a really, really valid... This is, this is, I think this is where we're at. We need to, like, you know, Lampard might not ultimately be the right man, but I think he needs to give time, be given time to try and show what he can do, try and do it. And then if he can't do it after a couple of seasons, then maybe look at it and go, do you know what, this isn't working. But I think... He, he I could see him walk. I, I could see him walking before he shots. I have to say. I, I, yeah, I've, I've said this on mail, but I think for me there'd be a little bit of self-preservation for myself here, and I'd be looking at it. I'd be looking at Anthony Gordon, thinking, okay, if they sell him under me now, that could be my ticket out of this with like all my self-respect intact because I've said <laughs> I don't want to sell him. I'd, I'd be looking at it like that because I wouldn't expect this club to do me any favours. No, 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 completely. There'll become a point, I would think there'll become a point, and I actually don't think he'd be far away from that from looking at it and thinking, you know what, I want a, I want a good career in this. And I was really good at Derby, probably walked out of Derby when I should have stayed. The Chelsea fiasco with not being able to sign players and whatnot, that ended in the shit. Look at what happened here at Everton. I'd start firstly thinking, am I a bit cursed with everything I want? For the finances that happen at clubs that I'm working at. But I'd also be sat there thinking, I want to start this career on an even keel, really. I think I've been I've been really unlucky in many ways. But, you know, if I'm trying to get to the top level, which he ultimately is, he's a young lad uh, as, as, as a football manager. He's a legendary player. He wants to get to the very top of the game. You know, probably wants to be the England manager at some point as well. I mean, I'd, I'd be looking at Everton thinking, do you know what? Maybe I need to 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 cut this as soon as I can and, and move on to something that is a little bit easier for me to sort of cut my teeth at. Mm. Because him coming into the situation our club is at is really, really unfair. And yes, I completely get it. Yes, there'll be people saying like we just did. There are a point where I criticise what he's done, a substitution he, he's made or hasn't made or the tactics we've gone with. Absolutely. I'm not saying he, he, you can't say anything like that about him, but the ultimate feeling is that, in general, take away the views of games and the way in which we've lost games or conceded goals and whatnot, my overall feeling towards it is sympathy towards that fella mm. and the rest of everybody else in and around him. Um, and look... We we banged on about all sorts of stuff here, Les. We've never been gone for ninety minutes ourselves. Yeah, <laughs> probably created as about, about as many chances as uh, Rondon did when he came on. <laughs> but anyway, um, just the final words on on, on Mopai. We've got. How do you feel? What were you like when we first got him? Did you change your mind? Um, and also, I, I'm pretty sure you'll agree. He has to start uh, yeah. away at Leeds. Yeah, he's, he's got to start that game. Um, I was. <laughs> A bit nonplussed, really, because he's not, you know, he, it's not a player name that gets your pulse racing, is it? But I, I know. You I understand why we I know some Brentford fans on Twitter and that, and they said they, they loved him at Brentford because he was, I mean, he scored loads of goals for them, but he was also a narky get. And I want to see that. I want to see a little bit of that at the, te- at the club because I think that's something that that team's missing. That, that sort of little nasty streak. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with it. Better than what we've got. I know the bar's pretty low, but that's all we can ask for, isn't it? Exactly, exactly it is. Um, you know, this conundrum, it's, uh, <laughs> I think it's difficult for all of us. I think many of our listeners will know how well I've been over the past year or so. I, I would um, I would go as far as saying Evan have probably had something to do with that. Like the way they do it, <laughs> really. If you wake up feeling horrible on a day, I'm pretty sure Everton I'm far away from the reason you're feeling the way you are. Um, but I, 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 I do digress. But anyway, uh, thanks to, for listening to us for a bumper post-match, which was post-match and a bit of everything else, really. In fact, I think you've probably had about three or four podcasts in one. So aren't you lucky? Um, the fact that me and Les are still banging on when you probably want to go and have a nice glass of wine and think about things that aren't associated with Everton until Tuesday night when we go to Leeds and hopefully get our first three points. That's going to be a really tough game. They lost the way to Brighton today, didn't they? Yeah, yeah they did. Yeah, one nil. Lost the way at Brighton, so obviously Leeds away. Notoriously difficult game. Let's see what the Blues do anyway. Um, maybe by then we might have a player, we might not. Anthony Gordon might not be with us. He might still be with us, who knows. Um, the fact that we're still talking towards what the 1st of September um, on next Thursday when the transfer deadline ends. So it probably tells you a hell of a lot of why Everton are in this mostly part of the situation they're in right now anyway. But thanks so much for listening after all. Um, thanks so much for contributing to everything you do with our Patreon side of stuff. We're doing bad falls of things. We're doing more and more things 
as well when the uh, Everton women's season gets underway on the 4th, the day after the Merseyside derby. Make sure you get along to uh, to Walton Park to watch them. They're at home against Leicester. Uh, hopefully it's in celebrations following the day before. If you don't make it, let's hope it's because you've been celebrating the day before. <laughs> not, not so sure that's going to be the case. But anyway, uh, do get along to as many as you can. I'm going to be doing loads of people. Uh, Pete uh, Macher, Pete Pete Macher is going to be doing loads and loads of coverage of the uh, women's Super League throughout the season with Everton women getting some exclusive interviews, talking to the team, the players, and everything. So um, we're really excited about all of that, along with all the other content we do, regardless of how good or bad Everton are doing. Please get involved. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash the Blue New Mexico if you want. It's dirt it's cheap. It's four pound fifty. A month, you never notice it going out your bank, and even if you don't like it, you can cancel it, and not you, you don't you don't have to pay anything for it. There's no obligation whatsoever. Thanks so much for listening to us. Anyway, check out, uh, make sure you're on Twitter, all the social media. You you find out what we've got coming up pretty much day after day. There's a podcast, so do get involved, do join us, and thanks so much for listening. And we'll speak to you soon. Up the toffees. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.